Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Which we saw Saturday and, you know, definitely interesting to get your guys' thoughts on, on the hit where, you know, my mind, he crosses the line a, a little bit there. He was at one point in the season leading leading the Bruins in hits. And uh, you can see him just not slowing down and not holding back whenever he has a guy lined up. And it was a big hit uh, that he laid that got him ultimately ejected. But it, it you could see what he was trying to do and that the intention was not an injury. Um, and... I, I do think it was right on the borderline where it, it could have been two minutes or it could have been five. Like you said, Scott, it, it was close enough to, to a hit that they want to get out of the game that it's, it's, you can't be mad at the fact that he ends up getting the five for it. So, um, yeah, I think I agree with you on that call on the call, at least. Brian, quickly before you go, he's passing next down to eighth on the team and hits now. Uh, Frederick first with 51, Johnny Beecher second with 47. Hmm. Interesting. Who's, uh, who's three through seven? Charlie Coyle, three, Brandon Carlo, four, Jacob Lago, five, Zaka and Forbert tied for sixth. Zaka, huh? Interesting. So, I mean, the hit, I, I kind of, uh, I agree with Bridget. I think it was kind of borderline. The difference here for me is, like did with the numbers being shown yeah but not until very late um you know it was kind of one of those what if you go back and watch it uh passionate kind of commits to the hit when when lingering is kind of still you know on his side you know what i mean and then and then lingering uh kind of you know uh goes for the puck and and then that's when his back becomes exposed whereas like the 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 giovanni smith one on martian i was like you saw numbers the whole way um, I think 
the length of time where numbers are being shown, I think makes a difference in this situation. Uh, but, you know, obviously I think it's certainly a, a minor penalty for boarding, whatever you want to call it. Um, it kind of looked like too, he was, he wasn't trying to hit like the bat. He was trying to hit the shoulder more than anything else and not, not like the nameplate or the numbers. Um, but he did get enough of it. Yeah. And, and it's also like, it's a, it's it's a play on a on a on a loose puck, right? Like it's, uh, Lindgren is, um, he's in position to he he is uh, an appropriate player to be hit in that situation. It's not interference. It's not like you know what I mean. Like he should be expect again. Players need to do a better job of of bracing for contact and not putting themselves in bad positions. I think that there are certain plays where. Like if you're if you're a lefty like Lingren is and you're going to you know play a puck with your backhand, you're gonna to shovel it along the boards. Yeah, there's only so much you can do to protect yourself, right? It's it's good in theory, but things happen fast. So again, I, I think it was definitely a penalty. I don't I don't know if it merited uh, a game misconduct, but um, if they deemed it that, which they did, I'm not gonna argue about it too too much. I personally would have given him a, a two minute minor, but for boarding. Um, but again, injury happened, you know, there was blood or whatever, and, and they're going to take that into account. So, yeah. yeah and um, I'm just fascinated to see like where the NHL goes on hits from behind and boarding. Cause like obviously there's the, there's the whole thing with like Cousins is hit on Good Branson, which, you know, wasn't punished on the play and you ended up with a retaliation. And it's like, the NHL does can't seem to make up its mind in terms of whether it wants to take that seriously and like cut down on it or just let them go or have them be minor penalties. Like it's, I I've been on this for like a little while. I think I even mentioned it on one of the recent episodes, but to me, it's like the call that they are by far the most inconsistent on. Like they, it's like refs just are guessing night to night on whether someone should be, no call, minor, major in a game misconduct. And then, like, forget the supplemental discipline of it. There's, like, there's almost none for any of these. And and good thing there's not for Pasternak. Like, that would have been, based just based on the standard, like, it would have been pretty outrageous if we heard that he had a meeting with player safety or something. Well, and, and this is something that college hockey does so much better than the NHL. Like, I feel like the college hockey, uh, they, they're much quicker to give game misconducts. Um, and you know, and they're more likely to give supplemental discipline as well, but that's because they're, there's an intention behind the way that they ref their games and that they are not allowing any of those dangerous hits. There's, if it's borderline, you're getting five minute major. Like it's a, it's just kind of a philosophy. We're trying to protect players. That is the goal of the NCAA. And I watched and, and broadcast so many college hockey games. And I've talked to hockey East lead referee as well uh, a few times. And I think he just got uh, inducted into the U S hockey hall of fame maybe, but, um, but yeah, so I've talked to their head of officiating and he always says like, we, we talk to our referees on a daily basis. Like if they get something wrong, and then the, and they don't like pass the certain tests that they give, they give all of their refs um, randomly, then, you know, they get reviewed, like refs get reviewed constantly in college hockey. And I feel like they get it right more often as well. 
I also don't know if you guys realized that there was a, a bit of a history there between uh, Pasternak and, and Ryan Lingren last year uh, in New York. Lingren kind of finished him hard uh, on the right wing boards in transition. And then I think Pasternak came back like maybe a few shifts later, a period, and uh, Lingren was admiring his, his pass. Uh, and then Pasternak came from the blind side and, and, and hit him pretty good. Um, and was called for interference. So it just seems like, and I also remember when Lingren was uh, a rookie ish, he had a scuffle with, 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 with Bergeron and Marshan that front. And he just seems to be a thorn in the, in the side of the Bruins when they play. And obviously being uh, Bruins, uh, a Bruins draft pick. Uh, and, and then obviously getting traded in the Rick Nash deal. I'm sure that the, he, he plays with a chip on his shoulder when he does play Boston, but he's a player that had, he stuck around in Boston, obviously hindsight's 2020, the Rick Nash trade. I think anybody would be, disingenuine if they were to say in hindsight that like they wouldn't have done that trade at the time uh like the bruins were a really good team and had a pretty good deadline you had rick nash to that team and it was kind of like they had a really really high ceiling and they fell to a really good tampa bay team and at the time it was like sure send off this kid lingering but he turns out to be a really pesky top four defenseman in the nhl yeah. Well, and Wait, can I just say something really quick? Because it's funny that you you mentioned Rick Nash and I had just mentioned. So the the referee, the the head of referees that I was talking about, his name is Brian Murphy, and he did just get inducted into um, the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame just about a few weeks ago. I was sitting in between Rick Nash and Brian Murphy at a at a hockey game a month ago. They were one was on my right, one was on my left. It was just kind of funny that you mentioned. I just mentioned someone. You just mentioned another person, and they were both for different reasons at that game. Rick Nash is uh, now a scout for Columbus and um, Brian Murphy was there trying to make sure he was on top of, you know, seeing how his officials were, were doing in that game. So. Yeah. I was just going to say like Brian to add on to your history of bad blood between the Bruins. Bruins don't like Lindgren. He doesn't like the Bruins that incident with Bergeron. It was after that, that Marshan said, he's not going to have a very long career in the NHL, which uh, was not an accurate prediction because Lindgren has, as you said, it turned out to have a, a very nice career and has made a really good partner for Adam Fox. So, um, but yeah, there, I think it like, it started right around then where, and I don't think it's ever changed. Like, I, I think it's just been kind of disrespect and, and, you know, some, some hatred from, from both sides. Definitely, a, definitely a player that uh, you, you talk about. Trent Frederick being a part of the um, was blue collar AC lunch pill, lunch pill AC. Ryan Lindgren, you know that that he's another player that would fit in that category, and um, you know definitely a, a Bruins style player, at least a historically Bruins style of player. Although the game has been changing a little bit the last five, six, seven years, but um, yeah, I mean, look, like I said, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite, like. At the time, I was all for trading for Rick Nash. I thought he was what the Bruins needed, bona fide player in that league. But yeah, I mean, I, I like Lingren's game a lot, and I think I, I, he looked good in the in the Bruins uniform. But that that ship has sailed a long time ago, and he's the Rangers realize his his value and his worth, and I think he's kind of a a staple for them on the on the back end. Obviously, a different type of staple than Adam Fox, but he's he's the guy that's gonna block all those shots and take all those hits and do all the dirty work for them. So he's, he's, he's an important player and um, yeah. All yeah, right. He, he outlasted Nash by quite a while. Obviously a he was bit. just a prospect back, back then, but 
Uh, Nash has been out of the league for a while, and it did not turn out how the Bruins expected it to. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like unfortunately, there's a concussion basically yeah. right when he gets to the Bruins, and yeah. they just they just like threw it all off from the start, and you know, I it's like it's a good what if. Like I, I still wonder how that might have turned out if yeah if that doesn't happen and things go a little better because I think they're also like there might have been talk about an extension after that. And, mm-hmm. He was genuinely too one of the nicest people I've talked to. Like he is just yeah. he was so nice. Yeah, I sat there and talked to him for about 20 minutes just about college hockey and he was so nice. Yeah, for for the career he had, he did have a very quiet exit uh, out of the league and kind of reminds me of like Nathan Horton with the Bruins. Like he wins the Stanley Cup with the Bruins in 2011. Um he's part of the team in 2012 gets hurt. Uh 2013 he's back on that top line and then that summer he gets traded to or, or or not traded. I think he uh just left in free agency, but he goes to Columbus and like played maybe maybe a dozen games that year, and then you just never heard of him again. Like a couple of years or like literally a year removed from being a top line player in a league, and actually was a top line player in a league at the time of his retirement, just forced to retire. It just yeah, it's crazy when you see he still lives in Columbus. That. Does he? And, and he works for the blue jackets. Like I said, he's a scout. Um, Nash, right? Nash or Horton? Nash. Oh, Nash. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, Nash I, lives in Columbus. Right Horton now. might still live in Columbus, for all we know, too. But right. um, just just not another quiet, you know, end to an NHL career. Like again, like the, the Horton one, he literally was a top liner when he was forced to retire and leave the game. But yeah, and again, like unfortunately, just what injuries can do with Horton. I would think it was well, like his neck or his back, and yeah, and just something like he just couldn't recover from. It was his back. Yeah. Well, um, he did carry the Bruins in in a lot of those playoff series too against the Canadians and the Lightning with some key moments. So um, definitely, uh, was he was on the top hundred, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Do you have? Do you remember where he ranked? What range he was in, Scott? Well, they they didn't. So they didn't release like a ranking of the hundred. I think I think I had him in the fifties on my list. And just just because, like you said, just because of the huge moments, like mm. that's a guy who didn't have to be here a long time to be a legend. When you score as many big goals as he did during a cup run, like mm-hmm. presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, no, exactly. I, 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 he was great. He was, a, he was a fun player to watch when he was healthy. Uh, okay, any final takeaways from the weekend that was, or anything coming up we should we should talk about? Well, just because we were talking about the lunch pail era and and the ceremony that they had, um, I I I know like that maybe this is just me, but it seemed like a lot of people were pretty moved by level uh, Norm Levier coming out and dropping the puck. Um, and I think, I'm not sure if he had even told anyone that he was going to try to stand and, and drop it. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it made me cry. Okay. Um, it was definitely one of those things where it was, it it caused a pretty strong reaction from the crowd, from everybody watching. Yeah. And listening to, to Ray Bork talk about that during the second period when he was in the Nesson booth and talk about, you know, his original, you know, the brain aneurysm that ended his career. And 
just how scared for people who might not know, like Norm Levy was a really highly touted prospect and at just 19 years old in 1982 suffered a brain aneurysm during a game out in Vancouver that nearly killed him. Ray Bork said he, because Bork was injured at the time. He's so he was back in Boston. He said he got a call and um, I think he said it was Steve Casper who called him and said like, they didn't think he was going to make it through the night. And he ended up in a coma and obviously eventually, thank God, you know, pulled out of that, but his hockey career was over. And yeah, bringing him out on the ice, it, it brought back memories of, of the closing of the old Boston garden when they brought him out on the ice for that. So um, yeah, that was, that was a really awesome moment. Yeah. yeah. That was, that's, you know, they've done a really good job with Arrows nights. Yeah. Uh, we've been, we've been at the garden for a few of them and we were there for opening night. Uh, we've, you know, they've done a good job making guys available to us, like uh, having guys be able to tell their own story, go on in the intermissions, um, the pregame ceremonies, everything has been very well done on these era nights so far. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You took the words out of my mouth there with the era nights and just everything in general, any, any event or even, even down to social media, like everything in the centennial season for the Bruins has been, uh, has been top notch and, and really good. Jerseys? <laughs> I should, yeah, okay, maybe not everything. But well, besides the, those, the, the third ones that they wear for yeah, these those are, nights, those, those are great. Those are great, yeah. I do like those. Um, but anyway, uh, maybe the hundredth season will end will end in a, another championship. Would it be their seventh Stanley Cup? Six and a hundred, they got six in the first 99. Yeah, six. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Long way to go to get there, though. Um, okay, so coming up, they have they have Minnesota, I believe, on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, they played Minnesota like twice in in like the same week, and I, I've noticed that for some reason they when the Bruins play Western Conference teams, oftentimes like they're within like the same week of each other. Like they played the the Blackhawks twice off the hop, they played the Ducks twice off the hop, they played the 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 Wild twice in a week. It's like I, there's got to be something there where the, the NHL just like tries to get these interconference <laughs> home and homes out of the way because. How else do you explain that? Like, you know what I mean? It's it's not just like one occurrence. It happens um, throughout the schedule. If you if you actually pay attention, you'll see it more than more than a few times. Yeah, and you know, like even within conferences, you you get this a lot where you know play them on the road, then they come come back home. Um, but it, it's more noticeable with the Western Conference teams because that's the only two times you play them. So um, you know, like Bruins being done with Connor Bedard a week into his career. It was like, all right, guess we'll see Connor Bedard next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It worked out. Okay. Well, actually he still scored on him, but <laughs> yeah. Just scored his first goal at the garden, actually. First, first NHL goal was at the garden. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the league's trying to build that, that Bruins wild rivalry, get it, get it going this year. So, <laughs> um, but okay. Win- but- Winnipeg in there too. No, no, no better place to be around the holidays than Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm a little bit bummed out that one of those games uh, right before the holiday isn't in Boston because my gift for my Christmas gift for Scott isn't coming in until the 22nd, which means I can't mm-hmm. give it to him Tuesday. And I might just have to show up at his house and give him it. Um, and you, yours, Brian, as well. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I was hoping to, to like get it in and give it to Scott at the garden 
but no, they're on the road. It's 22nd yeah. and 23rd. Gotta come down the chimney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's gonna love it. He's gonna absolutely love it. What'd you get me? Hmm. I'll I'll show you guys when we when we record in person, you know. We have a, we have one of these I think we might have to in order for me to give you guys your gifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stream yeah, stream streamer might 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 miss us for an episode, but it, it'd be worth it. So the, the the problem is is Bridget Bridget is a great gift giver and actually gives thoughtful gifts and I'm I'm just not first off I'm just not a thoughtful person, so yeah. Can't confirm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just I I, that is one of my strengths. I'm good at making gifts. That's the real danger is that mm. I can make almost anything. I made you guys homemade yeah. uh, uh, meth bear glasses, um, like yep. beer glasses last year. I made Scott a meth bear mouse pad for last season. Did, um, you, make a, did you make the skate pod t-shirts? I made too? a skate pod t-shirts mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and I designed this this gift for this year as well so you're always gonna get a custom gift for me <laughs> if, I, if i made stuff for you guys it would be stick figures and macaroni <laughs> scott gave us scott gave us uh treehouse last year which was perfect yeah. for the beer glasses so that's true you guys will have to hang tight to see what i to see what uh to see what i got you in the meantime um i actually think we should probably we should try to record in person i think at least once maybe, maybe we before. should i want to see scott's face when he opens his gift mm -hmm. <laughs> i, think I, I mean even if it's not a person i can open it on the pod true save, save it true all right oh and scott congratulations you you uh you were on the right side of history i think with our our last twitter poll more people than not are satisfied with jake debrusque's play outside of the lack of production yep so um bunch of homers no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no but the funny thing is that the homer thing kind of feels like it's to to like shit on jake debress kind of feels like the, yeah. the thing that people have been i don't know um i i'm on scott's side and and the polls side yeah. um, he had a couple of games this weekend right a few good games debrusque no, yeah, so. okay, yeah. <laughs> brian was being sarcastic <laughs> I did think he was creating some chances and, you know, he got moved off that top line or I guess maybe it depends on what you want to call top line, but he mm. ends up with, with Martian and Coyle. And I thought he helped. I still don't love the Martian and Coyle combination together, but I thought DeBrusque helped them look a little better than they had when it was Frederick there. Like he, he just brought, you know, at least a little jump to that line that was needed, but um but yeah still still no goal so i mean I, I like i like them against the Rangers. i thought he had some jump um but yeah anyway yeah, he, he played on the power play against the islanders but not the rangers like they top unit i should say like i don't know why especially when Pasternak was out zock is out like why why he wasn't getting more time on the top unit but instead um, it's going to Geeky and, and JVR and, and, you know, they're not, he's not used on the power play all that much, even at times when it seems like it could be a natural spot for them to cycle him in. Well, don't you, don't you think like that's, don't you think that's kind of, um, if Montgomery, his head coach were thrilled with his game outside of the production, don't you think he'd be throwing him out on the power play a little bit? Like, I, I feel like I, you know, who I feel like might not be, um, you know, on team, he's helping. He's helping us find ways to win outside of scoring. Is is his coach and his 
GM and the, like, I feel like the Bruins internally are probably like, he, this kid's got to help us a little bit more than he is. Um, I don't really agree. I mean, Montgomery's giving him the third most five on five minutes, but he's a power. But he, he should be a power play player though. He has a skill set. I don't know why he's not getting power play time when, when I mean, I, I just think, I, I think he, he plays the same spot as Van Riemsdyk and Van Riemsdyk's just better at it and yeah. has been his whole career. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe if you moved DeBrus to the bumper or something, but they, I think they like Geeky there. They like Zaka there when he's healthy. So Geeky scored from there. You know, unfortunately for DeBrusque, like he's he's going to be a net front guy, and he's going to be behind Van Riemsdyk on the depth chart there. Yeah. All right. Well, had to get that little jab in there before we we finish the recording per usual. You know. Um, also, Bridget, am I going crazy or is, did Scott's lighting change? I look blue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know why pink. that happened. You I, look blue. Brian yeah. looks yellow. I didn't. I didn't realize we were recording with Blue Man Group over here. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is because I have this weird light. But Scott, I don't know what happened with Scott. I don't know. My my camera decided to do a gender reveal mid podcast. <laughs> it's a boy. <laughs> oh God! All right, uh, we should probably wrap it up here. So thank you all for listening. Uh, have a great start to your work week, and we'll talk to you very soon. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.